What's up guys, it's Coach Phil and I've just got a little bit of time before I run a recovery session with Will, who I'm sure many of you guys have listened to on the previous episode of my podcast, but also if you follow me on Instagram or him at willsworld underscore on Instagram, you would have seen us doing a lot of things every single day. Anyway, as we were running through our camp these last couple of days, a particular story came back into my mind about why I believe as a man, you have to be striving to be high performing. Uh, and I'm going to take this angle, which might be a little bit uncomfortable for some of you guys listening who are in marriages, because I'm going to tell you a story of one of my clients who shall remain unnamed, divorcing their husband. Okay. And this obviously is a sensitive issue for them. So I'm not going to give any, any close details, but I predicted when I had met the guy that I felt that this wasn't going to be something that would continue on. And the reason I say that is, is going to be described in this episode. And then I'll also tell you about why I think these things are important in the context of you as an individual, as a guy, but also in a relationship, why these qualities are very attractive to your partner, but also it's a reason for them to want to continue to be with you. Okay, so let me set the scene. I have been training this client for quite a few years and I know what she's capable of doing from a strength level at the gym. And it's not by any means fantastic. She's not a competitive lifter or anything, but she is competent enough where if you put her in a gym and you told her to lift a certain number of weight, she'd be able to do it. And you'd think, oh, wow, that girl's pretty strong. Okay. And look, I trained her for a few years and she said to me, hey, my husband is looking to maybe get into some training. Would you be interested in training him? And I said, of course, like who's going to say no to referral business, especially for a long-standing client. So we organized a time and it got canceled the first time because she couldn't make it. And when I asked why couldn't he come by himself, she said that he was uncomfortable and he wanted her to be there. And that was my first thing in my head. I thought they're not young kids, right? They're married. They're not in their twenties. They're in above 20, above 30 even. And why does it matter whether you're there or not? He's a grown man. Anyway, I didn't think much of it. And we waited till a few days after and then I met him for the first time. What stood out, what stood out to me above all else in that first initial impression was his handshake. I felt like I was shaking the hand of an eight-year-old. Not because it was a small hand, but the grip that he was giving me was so weak. It was so weak that I thought he was even weaker than a teenage boy. Again, I didn't think much of it. I think maybe, okay, he had a flimsy grip. Maybe that doesn't mean anything. Maybe it's just, he was just feeling weak that day. Maybe that's nothing. So we get into an assessment. I start moving some joints around and I discover that he has got some issues here and there, which is not uncommon for somebody above their thirties, right? But every time 
I ask him, hey, how long has this been here? Hey, how long has this been here? Hey, how long has this been hurting? Hey, how long have you felt weak over here? What surprised me the most was he kept defaulting the answer to his wife. First of all, that's fucking stupid because how is your wife supposed to know how long something of your own body has been hurting? If I was having elbow pain and I went to see a physiotherapist and my wife came with me and the physio asked me, hey, how long has your elbow been hurting? And I look at my wife and I say, hey, wifey, how long has my elbow been hurting? Are you fucking stupid? So that was my first weird instance where I thought, what's going on here? Why are you asking your wife about your own body? So I, look, I didn't think much of it. And then I looked at her and I looked at the way she replied. And it was very, uh, look, the word I would describe is tiresome. Like, oh, it's been hurting for this amount of time. Oh, it's been not healing for this amount of time. So I could tell that it's something that happens quite often. You wouldn't be so tired of a question if it didn't happen all the time. But this, to me, seemed like it happened all the time. So as I'm asking more and more questions, even basic things like, when's the last time you exercised? When's the last time you lifted a weight? Have you ever been to the gym? He would default the answers to these questions to his wife. And even she would look at me and look at him and say, how am I supposed to know what you've done in the past? I'm not with you every single day, right? So I already had this feeling that this is not a functioning relationship. Like this is not healthy for either, either, either of them. I don't think that anybody wants to look after a child from this perspective. A child will ask their mother, hey, I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure about that. Can you help me? That's fine. That's, that's a mother-child relationship. But in a relationship between two adults, I'm not sure that's supposed, to be, that's supposed to be how it works. Anyway, I make a suggestion and I say, look, based off my findings, I think you should go see a GP and get some sort of things done, right? He says to his wife, okay, when are we going to do this? And then she looks back at him and says, what do you mean, when are we going to do this? Why don't you just call them yourself? And then he just said, hey, no, why don't, why don't you just help me? And so, can you imagine if you were the wife in this situation, how you might be feeling? Especially if this has been happening for 10 years or 15 years. Even me, the one watching on the side, having met this guy only once, and it's not personal, I don't know him, he's not my friend, he's not my enemy, but me just knowing and watching that situation, I would feel tired for his wife. I looked at him and I just thought, are you, are you like a competent individual? What, what's going on here? Do you not, can't you do anything for yourself? So, the consult finishes, they leave, and I'm just left with this weird feeling like this isn't right. Something isn't right here. And from that moment, I thought to myself, is that really going to be a forever marriage? Can I really see them lasting? Anyway, not my place to say anything, right? Because I have a professional relationship with these people. Yes, me and the client are, you could say, close friends, but at the same time, a marriage is their business, it's not mine. I just kept my observations to myself. 
the next week, he comes and he trains. And I gave him some of the most basic, basic movements that any gym beginner would begin with. And I'm sorry, but if you're an eight-year-old and you find these challenging, I don't blame you. But if you're above your 30s and you find these challenging, I'm going to pass a bit of judgment on you. Because you're an adult. You're supposed to be bearing the responsibility for your family, for your society, for the people who might rely on you. And if you can't even get yourself to do 10 to 15 bodyweight squats, you just have very low expectations of yourself. Like that's kind of pathetic in my opinion. And I'm not asking for much. I don't think that everyone should be really strong, but I do think you should be able to do 15 bodyweight squats as a grown-ass man. Anyway, he does a very basic workout. Nothing that an eight-year-old can't recover from. And the next day, his wife is the one who texts me. He has my number, by the way. His wife is the one who texts me. He's very sore. And again, I think, I'm think i thinking to myself, what the hell? Like, why are you texting me? Why doesn't he text me? Anyway, he doesn't, he doesn't come back. And I, I, to, I told them, look, first time it's sore. Second time, it's going to be better. By the third or fourth time, you won't feel it anymore. And his wife has actually been through this process many, many times. And she just gets on with it. She complains, but she gets on with it. Him, he complained, never came back. And so that was another strike in my mind. And I thought, man, that is a weak-ass individual. Not just physically, but even from a mental side, from a disciplinary side. That's pretty fucking weak. And I just don't know if you want to be with a weak person like that. And the last thing I would add on to that is he was a regular smoker. And I can't speak either because I smoke sometimes as well. Not nearly as much when I was traveling, but at the, when I'm in Sydney, I'll have one or two every, every say month or so just to scratch my itch. But he was also overweight and very weak. So in every sense of the word, if we're talking about him biologically, extremely, extremely weak. Not to mention there's an important part of any relationship, which is your sexual performance. And... I don't think we should be looking at sexual performance as a pleasure thing. I think we should look at it as a vitality of a man. Whether he is a strong individual, he's a healthy individual, can he even get his junk up or last a long time in order to be that type of loving husband, right? Anyway, my summary was in my own head, which I kept to myself, my summary was, this person's extremely weak. I think his wife is stronger than him. And I think that they're not going to be a forever type thing. Anyway, a couple of years later, before I go for my trip, she calls me one day. She says, hey, can we sit down and have dinner? And, you know, when your client calls you to sit down and have dinner, you know something's up, right? You know something is going on, something out of the ordinary. And she breaks me the news that she's going to be leaving her husband. 
I'm thinking to myself, I saw this coming. And when I asked her, like, are you okay? Are you sure about this? A marriage is sacred. Are you sure? Can things, do you still want to make things work? She started venting about the things that I thought would be a problem. Problems like didn't take initiative for themselves or always relying on her, not looking after his health, smoking, overweight, things like that. Everything, everything that seems obvious to me, but doesn't seem to be obvious for some people. Anyway, that's the, that's what happened. Now I'm going to go through why I think these factors that are listed from before, all his problems were important. The first one is there's a lack of, there's a lack of leadership. And when I say leadership, I don't mean that you want to be the leader of a company or the leader of a team. You want to be a leader in your own freaking life. All that means is make your own decisions. Think for yourself. Do things for yourself. If you want to go somewhere, go there. Don't wait and ask your wife whether you need permission. Don't ask for her to come with you. If, you, if she needs to be there for some reason, of course. And yeah, of course. But if it's like what you want to do, you should just go and do it. And in the context of a relationship, I'm not saying that the man has to lead the relationship all the time, but at the very least, let's make a 50-50. Lead the relationship, make plans, make sure that she feels looked after sometimes. It shouldn't be her always looking after you. So there was a lack of leadership. And eventually, if you, not just male to female dynamic, even in a team, in a, in a, in a, in a business, if the owner, who's supposed to be the leader, if they don't perform and they're flimsy and the staff feel that there's no leadership, they generally leave too. So it's not just in the romantic setting, but it's also in a professional setting. And this guy just wasn't showing any of it. Number two, lack of accountability. When you let yourself go like that, when you're overweight, you're constantly smoking, you're, you're so weak. Like incredibly weak, so embarrassingly weak. That just shows to me that you lack accountability. You're not accountable for yourself. You don't take responsibility for who you are, what you're going to become or what you're becoming right now. And that's hard to be around, not just as a, a partner, but also as a friend. I can't watch my friend slowly and slowly become obese before I say something. And if he waits for me to say something, that's a hard friend to have because he's not saying it himself. So he showed a lack of accountability and a lack of discipline on his part. And if you have those qualities to yourself, how are you going to manage in a relationship where you don't have to worry about just yourself, you have to worry about the other person. And if you're in a big family, not just your partner, but also your partner's family, your own family. And if you have kids, your own children, how are you going to do any of those things if you can't even look after yourself? And those two things, 
probably killed the attraction from his partner. Physically, he was not where he used to be. He used to be fitter, used to be leaner, used to be not a smoker, probably skin was healthier, all those things. But he's not those things anymore. And as much as people can talk about shallow and vain, that's just the way it is. That's life. People like people a lot of the time based off the way they look. There's nothing controversial about me saying that. And in a marriage, you want to still look good even if you're getting old, right? Even if you're 50, it doesn't mean you can suddenly just be disgusting and expect your partner to love you. Like, think about them for a change. And the last one, which I theorize, I, I never have this conversation and I, I don't expect to, is he had probably a lack of testosterone. Like, if you look at it, if, if the body was in the shape that it's in with the smoking, the overweight, the lack of muscle mass, I highly doubt that this person had much testosterone floating in his system. And why is that important? Because if you don't have testosterone, it's a big, big predictor of your mood, for one. People with high testosterone are generally happier. They're generally more positive. They generally like to approach life in a more risky way. But also, they have better erections. Like if you don't have an erection in your relationship, if you want a sex life, you need you need to have a functioning penis. And if your body is dying, you're not going to have a good functioning penis. And this this goes not just in this relationship, but if you're trying to go have a baby and you're overweight, you're smoking a lot, you're drinking, your dick's probably not going to be that useful. And your sperm's going to be weak too. So from a biological reasoning, forget about whether it's good sexual performance. I'm talking about the purpose of sexual performance, which is to procreate. You probably can't even do that right. So if you combine all these factors together, it's really, really obvious to me that just don't do those things at the very least. And you won't have to worry about as much in your relationship. And obviously, there's other things like money and values and whether you want to have the same vision of your relationship together. I get that. That's a mindset thing. But these are just core basics. Basics that will probably, you don't want to be a problem. So you can address the more important things like, are we going to have a child? How are we going to raise our family? How are we going to sort our finances? These are all things that you can worry about after the initial basics are taken care of. So not that I'm in the business of trying to save people's marriages, but if you're a dude or I don't know what the one or two females who listen to my podcast, if you're a dude and you want to improve your relationship or your marriage, do the complete opposite of what I just described in this person. Look after your health, okay? Maintain a decent fit body. Be strong. Be fit. Don't drink too much alcohol, right? If, if you're really disciplined, just stop drinking alcohol altogether. It's not really a drug that you need in your life. Don't smoke as much, okay? If, you don't, if you've never smoked, don't start smoking now. And if you smoke a lot now, cut down your smoking. Get better at decision-making. 
Go make your own decisions. Okay, think for yourself. Go do things. Go pursue the life that you want. At the very least, don't hate your life. And take ownership and leadership in your relationship. Don't default all your questions to your partner. If you make her do all the decisions, eventually she'll just make the decision to get rid of you. Because what's the point? In a team, you want to work together. You don't want to keep delegating to her. Ask your own questions. Answer your own questions. And sometimes you might even answer her questions for her. You might, depending on whether she wants your help. And I feel like if you're able to get those basics right, then you can worry about other things like how you can raise a family, how you can make more money together, how you can set up yourself and live the life that you want to live. But without, without those basic things, I just find it very hard for a marriage or a relationship to function in the way that it's supposed to, which brings happiness and peace to both parties involved. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next time where we will recap the final week of the Men's Performance Camp with Will.